Good evening. Today is Wednesday, January 21st, 2024, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is nine, and our speaker tonight is Anna. Thank you, Anna. It's all yours. Thank you. Thank you. Well, first, I I want to share my gratitude for this um, service I'm doing and for being here with you. Um, it's very nice to have this time to share and yeah, to share our spiritual life. So um, I'm going to share on step nine and I will read step nine first. May direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Um, well, I have to say first that I have a strong accent. Um, so if someone doesn't understand, please interrupt me and I will repeat. Um, okay, so um, I want to start saying that we think we make amends to others, but in reality, I, from my perspective, the amends are for us. <clears throat> we are attached to the suffering others cost us and we don't let go. We don't want to let go. And there is an immediate win in keeping the power from feeling harm or victimized. What is that power? The power of controlling the emotion, the power of owning the pain, the suffering. The suffering keeps us attached to our state of victimhood. We win from the suffering because we are pointing the finger at others. We set ourselves in a superior position. But what is the downside of feeling that we own our suffering, that others have harmed us? Well, the downside is slavery. We are chained to those emotions, therefore to those people. We need to stop relating ourselves to that pain. I need to separate myself from the experience as I did with the food. I put God between the food and myself. And with these experiences of pain, I also need to put God in front of me so I can separate the experience and stop relating to that. If I continue relating to the harm, to the victimhood, to the suffering, there is no way, there is no space for God. I need to create that space. Um, so I'm going to start sharing about my personal recovery and how I practice my step nine, which I had to do many times. Um, and as the big book says, we are work, work in progress. So I think it's endless. Um, so I didn't say, but I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I'm abstinent for today. I'm very grateful to be recovered. And one of the hardest amends I had to make was with my mother. I'm going to share some story of uh, sexual abuse. So if if you don't want to hear, um, I will speak about this like for three minutes and then you can come back. Um, so I I was around, I was like six or seven year, seven year old when I, I, my mom took me to swimming classes and the teacher used to, to touch me and he sexually molested me. And one day I told him, if you touch me again, I'm going to tell you a bad word. And I was a kid. And for me, that was the worst thing. So he did touch me, of course. And I jumped into the swimming pool and he took the opportunity 
to touch me. So I I scream about the word to him. And he said, like, because he was in front of my other classmates, he told me, you have to go to the showers and you are not suspended. You are not coming back to this class and you need to let go. You need to go. So I went, I had a shower and I went outside and I was waiting for my mom outside. And when she came to pick me up, she asked me, what are you doing here? And I told her the story. So the next thing she did was like, she parked the car and she said, okay, let's go back inside. And we went in by, inside the pool and where, where like it was a closed doors space. And we went there and she said, now you have to apologize to him in front of your classmates. And I, I felt like really humiliated. And like, I was, I, I'm just rationalizing the process because I was just a kid, but I can tell you that was like a foundational found it was something in my core that marked me. I I became I relate and I started my relationships. I established my relationships and how I became a target for future sexual abuse in that moment. Um, I will go back to this experience because it took me many years um, to let go and to forgive. My mom, so that's one thing I wanted to share. And the other thing is like my mom was a very violent person, um, physically and emotionally. Um, it was it was hard to live with her. My brother, my younger brother, and my only brother is an autistic man. And imagine just like my mom abusing him. It was very hard. So I just don't want to go into many details because it's not necessary. I just want to give examples of the size of amends I had to make, like the size of forgiveness. I needed to practice and the size of surrendering and letting go. So of course, as a child, I wasn't responsible for the violence inflicted on me. What was my responsibility then? My responsibility came as an adult. What did I do with these experiences? Who did I become after what happened to me? Of course, I was angry many years. I didn't speak to my mom because I'm telling you this wasn't the only bad experience I had. Um, so I didn't speak to her for years. I just stay away from her and I stayed in the food, of course. I felt that I had the right to be angry, that she neglected me and abused me. Um, and being a victim attracted attention. Every time I share a painful experience with my mom, People felt sorry for me. I learned how to bond with people through my pain. I related through the injury, not through the healing or to or through the love. I related to people from my injury. So how did I change? How did I grow if I was stuck in that story? I was stuck in that story and my 
by and the violence I experienced as a kid. What was the win there? As I said before, I want power. Somehow I want belonging because people felt sorry for me. I felt secure because um, I wasn't risking anything. I was staying in my pain. I was staying as a victim. It was my comfort zone. I didn't surrender. Um, there was no space for growth or creativity. I was running the show. I told myself one story and I stuck to that story. The world did this to me. They owe this to me. They are pushing me. They are doing this. Uh, and when we are not surrendering, it's because we are exercising power and control. Um, I think that people want something from me or poor me, they are abusing me. Um, if I let, what happened when I let go? When I let go, all these narrative, all these stories I was telling myself. When I did this step, I had to open myself to the possibility of change. I need to let this chance, this a new perspective to open. I need to embrace my family from a different perspective. Um, I remember when every time I speak with my brother about our childhood, he remembers with such joy when we were kids. And he, sometimes he even cries when he, he remembers our uh, birthday parties or family gatherings. He remembers like, he thinks we had an amazing childhood. And I used to tell him how naive you are. How can you say that? Don't you remember this and that? And now I, I see what my brother was telling me. Now I open myself to a different story. I, I just needed to let go this hard version of my story and myself. Um, and it requires surrendering, exercising, surrendering every day because I need to rebuild myself and create a new identity. That's what the spiritual work entitles. Like we have to do this work. Um, on page 80 of, of the big book, it says we have to leave the outcomes to God or we would soon start drinking again. So what does this mean? When I let go, when I surrender the story I told myself and I remember as also this step says, our real purpose is to be of maximum service to God. We are here to sweep off our side of the street. Our faults are not discussed, page 77. So what does this mean? What did I have to see? That I was stuck in my story and that I decided as an adult to continue telling me that story to stay in the suffering. What else did I do? I wanted to control. I got control from staying in this side of the story. And just looking at my mom's and other people's um, harm or people what they did to me, 
um, how can I set things right? How can I demonstrate goodwill? Um, I had to see how I tortured my mom when I was a teenager. I didn't want to see that. I didn't want to see that I was really mean to her. I didn't want to see that as an adult, I became a codependent person and I related to other people through my suffering, as I said before. I, I was really in the resentment, hating people, hating myself, being in the food. What was my side of the street? What did I need to clean? I needed to clean my soul. I needed to open my heart to my mother. I needed to see what she did for me. I can remember every time I got sick, she slept next to me, taking care of me every night. I was, she was like emotionally detached, but I was always having the best meals. I was neat and clean every day. My shoes were shining. I went to school with perfect clothes. I always went to after school classes, exercises, sports clubs. Like she was devoted to us. If my brother speaks and has a more or less independent life, it's thanks to her. She was absolutely devoted to him and to myself. I am the woman who I am today because I learned sacrifice from her. I learned service from her. I couldn't see it. I didn't want to see it. The only way I could practice step nine is it was by mirroring myself. I needed to see myself in the mirror as a harm doer as well. We all are harm doers. I, I am a victim. Yes, I was. I'm a survivor of sexual abuse. Yes, more than once. But I am also a harm doer. I hurt my mom. I'm not a saint. I cannot blame anyone. I have to own my life. I have to own my experiences. Yes, I acknowledge my pain. Yes. But what am I going to do with that? The only way I can free myself from these chains is forgiveness and making amends. I went to my mom more than once. The first times I I, I did uh, step nine was shallow. I just did it because my sponsor told me to. Um, but last time I did it, I really, really wanted her to see that I was in pain and I felt really bad for all the harm I did to her. And I told her, I'm so, okay, uh, I was so grateful. I am so grateful that I can do living amends with her. I can own what I did to her. I, I can see how I co-participated in this, how I obtained things by manipulating. And I told her, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry because... I manipulated, I lied, I was a horrible teenager, 
I never saw what you did for me. I never saw gratitude. I really felt that when I was able to reach that and to see her as a human being she is, and she was doing her best, I was ready to let go. Um, I just want to finish saying um, this meeting is, um, the name of this meeting is Create Your Own Conception. And my conception of my higher power is really connected to uh, the universe with love and how I feel interconnected with all living beings. Um, and I want to say that if I feel now that if I harm myself as I did with the food, I harm the world. I can feel the pain in the small fish that is eaten by the big fish. I can feel the pain of a homeless kid. I can feel the suffering that is going on now with the wars we have. But I can also feel the warm breeze in the summer. I can also see hope when flowers start to blossom after a cold winter. I can feel my kids' laughter. I can feel the love of my mom. Yes, I can feel it. And I can see beauty everywhere. This is the spiritual life we have to live. And this is the constant practice of letting go every day all these resentments and connecting to this beauty and to this source of love. One day I was sharing with my sponsor a difficult situation I, I was going to face. I needed to be in a place with people I didn't want to see. And I asked her, what do I do? And she said, just love them. So I think that's the best advice I have ever received. And, and yes, we just need to love people. We just need to love living beings around us. Um, and this is the new freedom we are going to experience and the new happiness that the big books, the big book describes on page 83. That's what happened to me when I let go of my suffering and I opened myself to a different story, to a different perspective of what happened to me and who my mom was. The big book says, we will not regret the past, not wish to shut the door on it. Why? Because now I'm free. Thanks to that suffering, thanks to my ability or God's ability to open my eyes and let me see, I am free for today. And I love my mom and I want to see her and I, ca I care about her and I... I'm close to her thanks to this program that changed my life. Um, so thank you. That's all I have. Thank you so much, Anna. Thank you very much. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask that you accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or star nine if you're on the phone. I will call the raised hands in order, and the Zoom host will ask you to unmute when it's your turn. With the timekeeper, please set a timer for three minutes for each share, and announcement time is up. If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. 
And first up is Chanel. Thank you, Stacy. Thanks for taking the meeting. Anna, thank you. I'm Chanel T. I'm a grateful compulsive eater living in recovery today, purely by the grace of God. And I really love when you talk about how no matter what's happened to you, no matter what's happened to me, I have a choice in whether I hold on to that, whether I allow that to continue to be part of my identity, because that's what it became for me. Victimhood became very much, it, it was a leading part of my identity. And, um, you know, I would say survivor, but really victim. That was That was so much a part of my identity. And I just wanted to ask you, when you laid down, surrendered, these resentments, these the bitterness, the unforgiveness, and we're able to not only forgive your mom and others, but to make amends to your mom. Um, did you find that there was a time of, oh, wow, okay, so this isn't my story anymore, what is? Did you find that at all? Thank you. Thank you, Chanel. Um, I think it was a process. It wasn't just like a moment where when I felt like I'm a different person. Um, I'm a stubborn overeater and I need to come back to the meetings constantly and, and hear you all to keep um, remembering this process. And I think healing comes as grief and as many emotions or all of them. It comes in waves and also growth, you know, like because I don't I am from Mexico. So my mom is at home and I back home and it's easy for me to say, just love your mom. Right. Yeah, because I am so many miles away from her. Right. And every time I go back and visit her, I see spiritual work, spiritual work. And I feel some things that are still upsetting me and I have to go back and sit and pray and talk to my sponsor and come back to meetings because um sometimes my mom is my mom I remember my sponsor said like what do you think like because you are recovered she's gonna be recovered and the relationship is gonna be perfect it's not so the surrendering is a constant practice I want to take over and I want to take control again all the time I yeah I guess it's a process it was a process and it's a continuous it's a practice that I have to continue doing yeah thank you Leslie G okay there we go Hi, family. Leslie G. G. I'm very grateful to be recovered only by the good grace of God today. Um, Anna, that was fantastic. Um, I my question was so much like um, Chanel, so I don't have I don't really have much to say. Just because um, you answered. <laughs> Um, let's see if I could think of anything else. When you decided 
to let go of that old story, okay, of, of physical abuse, sexual abuse, um, is I still am hanging on to some stuff, um, feeling traumatized. Did, did you just surrender it to God? I mean, like, is there a little more to be more specific of, like, I'm sorry, I, 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 I can't forgive sexual abuse. How do you do that? Okay, I, I don't understand. I have nothing to forgive. I didn't do anything. Yes, um, like, um, you didn't do anything, of course. I didn't do anything. It wasn't my fault, right? Um, and of course, I had to go to therapy. It wasn't just like doing four, fifth steps or nine, eight, nine steps. It was constant work. But um, as I said, it I didn't, I don't own the responsibility of what happened to me because it's it's impossible. Like it's not fair to blame a child. Of course, I do have responsibility of how I built a personality toward like around that as an adult why do I decide to stay in that state of victimhood like why would I like to stay like that why do I have to relate to people and men and create relationships from a victimhood position it's so draining and exhausting my responsibility is to cut these chains and start a new life in freedom. This is what the spiritual work requires. Otherwise, I'm going to go back to the kitchen and I'm going to eat again. It's just, what am I going to do with all, sorry, the BS that happened in my past? What am I going to do with that? I'm going to let go or I'm going to stay in the suffering, feeling miserable because the world is did all this to me there is no joy in there there is no joy like you can get some power and you can manipulate and as I said people felt sorry for me and they come to me because poor Anna poor Anna but there is no freedom there it's just draining yeah okay thanks thank you next up is Mandy Hi. Hi. Um, this is Mandy. I loved um, the share today. It was amazing. <laughs> um, I'm new. I'm still newly recovered. I have about 90 days now and I'm super grateful for that because um, this is the longest I have ever been abstinent ever in my entire life. Um, and I'm about to be 35 in a few weeks. So it's the longest um, ever. And I can't remember a holiday where I didn't binge um, nothing. But I just I know that, you know, I can get through anything if I have this program. And I loved, uh, Anna, what you shared. It was really good because um, although I did not experience uh, sexual abuse, I was definitely severely abused in my childhood, by, you know, because as a result of my mom's poor choices in men. <laughs> and I spent so long hating her guts, you know, resenting her. But what I've come to realize in program and with my mom now being in a nursing home and me having to take care of her, she, you know, she was, you know, she had some problems too. You know, she is um, a severe codependent. And unfortunately, 
she never got into a 12 step program. So I was able to have more compassion for my mom, you know, as being a sick person and just kind of doing the best that she could for me, kind of like what you were talking about with your mom. You know, I, I, I realized now, you know, I wasn't always terrible. My mom tried her best. And I think that's the part about being in program is you can kind of humanize the people that you resent now, you know, you can see that not everyone, you know, yes, I don't, I don't like that I have a disease, but I'm also grateful for this program because it allows me to um, be more self-aware, look at my part in things. And most people don't do that <laughs> because um, most people are victims. You know, they thrive. I feel like our society in general thrives on victimhood. So, um, you know, my mom just didn't have a chance. And so it's allowed me to be more forgiving and loving towards her. Um, so I just loved hearing your story about that because that was just a part I really related to is my mom just didn't act the way I wanted her to act. She wasn't what I wanted her to be. Um, but now in recovery, I can accept her for who she is and still love her. So thank you so much. I loved your share. Thank you. Thank you very much. Next is Lynn. Hi, everybody. Lynn S., Recovered Compulsible Reader in Toronto, Canada. Anna, what can I say? I The biggest amends I had to make was to my mom, too. And I ended up making them three times, very similar to, to your story in, in the making of amends. You know, the first one was so superficial. But the last one was really heartfelt because I was able to really acknowledge the hurt I had caused my mom. And and I, I felt that this was, um, it was a huge experience for me. It really was. But listening to you tonight, you put it all in words for me that I could never, I couldn't put that experience in words. And I'm not going to read all your notes back to you because you just said it. But it went right into my heart and you were able to put into words the experience that I had that I didn't even realize I had, you know, and, and talking about staying stuck in the story and how that story had given me, you know, that that hurt and that victimhood somehow gave me a sense of superiority. Like, thank God I'm not there now, but it just brought up all those years, those 36 plus years of living in that story. And for what? For why? I'm so glad that my own experience of making amends to my mom freed me from that. And you know what the best thing was? My mom died of dementia. And one time we were in the car and she looked across at me. And this was after years of us just not getting along at all. And she looked at me and she said, oh, Lynn, it's you. I feel so safe with you. Oh, I'm telling you, God, that God's hand in our lives, this program is a gift from God. He sent a search and rescue mission for me. And, and there's another example of it right there, that relationship being healed so that I could be there for my mom and she felt safe with me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much. Is there anyone else who wants to share? Go ahead, Gwen. Hi, I just really um, like that you talked about um, that holding on to the story of mistreatment into adulthood. And I have done that like a lot. 
with, you know, my mom, my brother, and my sisters. Um, and to let it go, it's hard to do because it's so deeply ingrained. But I know that this it's worth working on to get there. And I just really appreciate you bringing that up. But I don't need to stay in that mold anymore. I can let it go. Thanks for sharing, Anna. That was great. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to take a share if no one else. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Francesca. You're muted. Oh, hello, Francesca. Grateful compulsive reading blue mic. Sorry, Anna, I couldn't um, be on camera. I um, was driving home and I'm sick. And so I'm really just... Um, just recognizing that, you know, every, I've heard it echoed here, the gift of this program. Cause when I'm sick, that's when I'm like, oh, I want my mommy. Like I'm, you know, I, I want to watch TV and eat. And you know, that's when uh, it's, it's a lot it's challenging. And so I love these kind of reframes. Um, I love, you said, you said I um, was a victim of you're like, well, I survived, you know, victim and survivor, they're the same person, you know? Um, so it's our choice, the way we see it. And I have a very similar story of a mom who um, I I was sexually abused in her hair, I guess, and um, kind of tried to tell her and she just didn't hear me, didn't see me and just wouldn't even like look at me when I was talking to her. So she never, it never was understood. And then when I told her when I was like 20 and like rehab, she's like, well, I'm glad I stopped that. You know, like she didn't acknowledge it. And even this, like telling this story, I, I realized she might've said it differently, you know, because it's like, I have this narrative of she's the villain, you know, and, and, um, she never got treatment. Um, she it's, she's still alive and she, um, is in disease of her own. And I, I'm the one who gets this gift of being here. So, um, you know, I have this fellowship, I have this community. Um, and so I'm so grateful for that. And yeah, I can also see my mom took me to dance class. My mom put me in summer camp. My mom did so much for me that she didn't have to do. Um, she wasn't able to be there for me emotionally because she can't be there for herself or, or, you know, who knows why. However, though, like I can, the older I get, the better my childhood can get based on what I choose to see and how I see it. Um, and even today it's just like, okay, like, so every day I'm not going to feel like a million percent, you know, some days I'm going to feel sick. And it's like, what would be worse is be sick in the food. You know, um, and I can That's still be. Thank you so much, Stacy. Um, thank you for your service, everyone, and thank you again so much, Anna. Thank you. I'm going to take a share. Um, I'm just going to put everyone on gallery. Anna, that was really, really wonderful. Thank you so much, and thank you so much to everyone who is speaking tonight. Um, I heard so many great things, and. You know, what I'm really realizing about this program, I really thought having a spiritual experience meant I'm going to walk around feeling a constant connection to this God that is going to make my life really calm. And then I'll always know what to do. Like, that's really, really what I thought a spiritual experience was. And I'm I'm reading the big book now with my sponsee and I'm seeing things I really haven't seen before being on the other side of going through the big book with someone. And it's so clear to me now 
that a spiritual experience is a psychological change. Bill Wilson uses the same words again and again and again, and it's having a different reaction and different thoughts and different emotions and responding to life differently. That is what the spiritual experience is. And you talked about through step nine, being able to let go of suffering and open to a different story. And to me, that is a spiritual experience. Like that's, that's it, right? That I can react to life differently and not need the food to do it. Like that's, that's the whole crux of the program to me. And um, I'm turning 60, March 27th. And um, my mom, I had a complex relationship with, like many of us in, in different ways. And um, she died 10 days before she turned 60, sadly. So I'm very quickly, in about five weeks, I'm approaching the point at which uh, my mom's life ended. And that's just affecting me in so many different ways right now. And um, I was an emotional caretaker for my mother growing up. She was a little erratic and emotional. I was her emotional caretaker. And that's my reason for why I do what I do with my husband or why certain fears come up or blah, 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 right? I've learned through all the counseling, all the things, right? I understand why. But until this meeting tonight, I never really considered myself a victim and I never really considered changing my story about all of that. And I never really considered my responsibility for perpetuating the way I was wired as a child into adult life. So this has just given me so much to, to think about tonight. And um, I do want to honor, I want to do something to honor in my life stream, the point that my mother's ended, because it's it's just very raw for me. And, you know, I am thinking maybe um, that would be a beautiful time to make an amends to somebody I haven't been with in a very long time. So anyway, that's what I'm thinking tonight. So thank you so much. Um, and Rachel, you're up. Oh, I'm so sorry. Before we get to Rachel, it is 